G'day and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm your host this week, Josh, and joined, as always, by my right-hand man, Daniel. Uh, Daniel, how are you, mate? And why did you convince us all to try our Hopgood last week? <laughs> I'm great, Josh, mate. Um, do you like those just yeah. opens off the top? Just throw you straight into it. Yeah, yeah, cheers. I, I do appreciate that. Throw me right in the deep end. That's fair. Um, look, I actually, I still think it's fine that we sold him. The fact that they've gone back to putting Maddo at lock and he's back to the bench this me- this week means that uh, Brad Arthur's going to be doing that for the rest of the season. So I'd rather be off that train than be riding it and being absolutely frustrated. So yeah, I think it's fair enough to trade him. And if memory serves me correctly, mate, when we kind of stewing on the what? you know, what he'd score. And I think we had a line at 45. I took the overs, you took the unders. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, that was based off him being on the bench. Uh, <laughs> the fact that he started. Oh, and... here we go. Caveat City. <laughs> yeah, I think, look, it's it's fair enough. He'll probably be, you know, up and down as Brad Arthur gives him more minutes and less minutes every week. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy that I jumped off when I did. Fair enough. Uh, well, how'd your team go this week, man? I think we both got done by the by the fan team, actually. Um, oh, yeah. How, yeah, how was your week? Yeah, I had an absolute shocker. I only managed 720 and I dropped like 3,000 places. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not great. Uh, <laughs> I think I've, I, I'm trying not to make trades though because I've already made so many. And the only trade that I'm really looking at is getting rid of Cardi. But yeah, you're not wrong. Our fan team is, yeah, growing every week. I think they jumped another 5,000 places. Uh, overnight uh, over the weekend so yeah pretty good good days yeah some cheeky ones uh in their cross line i think was a was a solid score there um in the fan team and uh you know sean johnson had another good week as well who else do we have in there like um ray stone he's on the bench who else do we have oh tyro sloan he was the main one that i think i don't have then that was a really nice score that he got as well yeah, most people jumped off him after he got a, a pretty bad one uh, last week. So, yeah, lucky we held on to him. Or maybe the fans just didn't notice and didn't trade him out. But yeah, either way, got the good score. Yeah, loyal fans. That's, um, I guess, the, the takeaway from that. And you put up with us for this amount of time. We put up with Tyrell Sloan. And I guess let's get into the brain phase of this week, mate. We put up the post uh, yesterday, Arvo, to kind of get some funny comments from people, how, how folks are going this week as well. One of the most liked comments was uh, Cashman being uh, one of the letdowns of this week. Any uh, any solace for those uh, for those fans who brought him in over over last week? Yeah, um, Lounge Boy is one of our fans. Fans <laughs> put it. Um, I think uh, I think he's he's fine to hold. He's it's just unfortunate. He had obviously his lowest minute game uh, over the weekend and only managed I think ten minutes on the field. So I think he'll be fine long term. It's just a bit unfortunate that it happens to be the week that most people brought him in. Just stash him on your emergencies, and I'm sure he'll make a little bit of cash. Hoping that he gets up around the 400k mark before he's. He's a sell, so yeah, just just stash him and he'll be fine there for now. Yeah, I think so as well. He's still got relatively low break even, so hopefully he gets one of those big scores. I guess one of the surprising things, we kind of have been alluding to maybe it'll happen eventually with guys like Ben Murdoch Masilla playing, you know, on that edge there for the Dragons, who's funnily enough come back into the team this week. But uh we thought eventually it might be the Jack DeBell and show at lock and bird on the edge looks like that's the way they're going to go moving forward and jack de played 80 minutes on the weekend 67 points pretty much all base wasn't it so uh 
What are your thoughts on Jack DeBellin, I guess? One that I probably wasn't thinking of a couple of weeks ago, but now, you know, 80 minutes at lock is pretty much unheard of at the moment uh, across the board with a bunch of teams. Pretty handy, 67. Is it sustainable? Oh, not sustainable at 67, but it's huge news that he's playing at lock. I don't know if he's going to be playing 80 there every week, but... I think I'm in a position where I need a bit of a pod and someone that's going to, well, someone that no one else has that, that can help me climb a bit. So I think I'm going Cardi to Debellin this week just as a bit of a difference maker. So I, I don't mind going for Debellin at all. I think it's it's a, it's a kind of a toss-up, right? He's Because Maddo's the safer option, but Debellin's that player that, you know, if he holds that spot and plays, you know, 60 to 80 minutes every week, he, he should be able to score... 50 plus um, going forward, but it just depends what hook does there at the dragons because obviously Sue is out um, this week with a suspension. So Murdoch Masilla probably won't be there for too much longer, but he, if you know, the dragons keep going poorly, he might change up the team again. So yeah, risky to go for dragons players, but you know, if you need to take a risk, they're a good option. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, even if he's not getting that 80 and he's still getting around, you know, 65 plus, which, you think is probably sustainable with, you know, the bench they've named with guys like Little Bear and, yeah, some of these other guys like Molo and Couchman that haven't been getting huge minutes. Um, I guess Couchman got some big minutes two weeks ago, but uh, it is a little bit risky, as you said, just because this Dragons team, as we've seen with the, the Tigers team over over the last couple of weeks, which we'll get into in a bit. But, yeah, mate, it's uh, I don't mind that as a pod play. And... I guess he's not a bad option. I think some people may be thinking about getting rid of Eli Katoa as well at the moment after he had a 30 score over the weekend. How do you think that goes as a trade, Katoa down to the Bellin for this week? Uh, I don't mind it, but I really think people should be holding on to Eli Katoa. I think that he's almost, he's nearly a keeper on an edge spot there. He gets, you know, fifties, close to sixties every week. And then every now and then he has these scores in the thirties. I think this week against his old, old team in the Warriors, he'll be quite good. I wouldn't be trading him this week. Um, but yeah, if, if you don't trust him as a keeper, keeper edge, then yeah, fair enough to jump off him. But He's mate. He's averaging fifty. What what more do you want from an edge? I guess you can go up to Fafita, but yeah, I mean, there's no need to at this point in the year. I think. I think so as well. Yeah, it's been his one. How many bad scores he had? Like one or two. I think it's it happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. He's got the buy next week as well. So maybe if he has another poor one this week, then I'll really consider whether yeah he's going to be on the team. Uh, any longer for me with the with the buy, but yeah. I think yeah, he provides some really kind of necessary quant, um, like cover for the Origin period. He's not going to play Origin, obviously, so could be really helpful in these kind of like in between rounds between the thirteen and seventeen buy, where some players may get rested and things like that. If he's a consistent scorer in your team, there definitely don't mind that. Um, and let I guess let's just wrap up these uh, the. The brain fades. I've got my favorite one here, mate. And that's um, from Harrison who said, Brad Arthur changing the team round last second. Biggest tosser in the game. Fucked me over after I traded out Hopgood. Fucked over Carl, right? Not starting. It fucked me over playing Dury, who I was looping to get me four points instead of Mitch Kenny 55. That's, that's a rough one at 
But I really like that. That's that's what we're looking for in these comments, a bit of fire, a bit of rage. Um, and Brad Arthur is in the hot seat for, for Harrison. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Brad Arthur as a Eagles supporter, I guess? And um, any any condolences to Harrison here? Uh, mate, I don't care about fantasy as much as I care about Paramount winning. So the fact that we, we smashed the dogs, <laughs> yeah. Go for it, Brad Arthur. Fair enough. Um, no love. Yeah, if you don't want to be feeling that way every week, just don't pick up Parramatta forwards, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the roll of the dice. Uh, and I wonder if that's going to be the move going forward. I think Cartwright, for me at the moment, I'm still kind of tempted to hold him and just to see if that was a one-week anomaly or if this happens again. I think it'll be – I'll look at the team list now before and hopefully uh, – well, the game's at 5am my time, so maybe I won't wake up at 4am to, to check the team list. But, yeah, Bryce Cartwright, he's probably one on the out for me. And I think that kind of wraps up the – well, one other thing, mate. We've got one guy here who's traded out Heinz this week. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Do you want to just, like, get rip into this bloke? Being a dumbass yeah. and trading out Heinz for no reason. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to get rid of Hines. I don't understand what decision was what what was going through your mind to get rid of Hines. Um, once he's in your team, your he's a lock. Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense. Yeah, if you ever get Hines or Cleary or Grant, you know these guys that just are guns in the game into your team, you don't get rid of them unless they're gone for the season. So, yeah, that was a a huge mistake. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's get into the team lists here. Um, so we'll try and cover this off pretty quickly, give folks just kind of a, a general idea of what's going on. So Cheekham comes in for Colin Matangi. He's out with that Sinus Moses out for six to eight weeks, I think. It probably rules him out of origin as well. I guess maybe just quickly more broadly, how do you think that affects, I guess, the New South Wales team with, you know, I think guys like Matto really come into consideration now. Yep. Liam Martin as well, who's, um, you know, re-aggravated that hammy injury i think decent chance that Maddo is like an 18th man or on the bench here for new south wales what are your thoughts yeah i agree i was you know picking him up as and we were selling him as a as a player that you know is a bit of a pod and won't play origin but with these injuries hanging around you know colin matangi looked like a lock in this origin team until this injury you know martin can't overcome this hamstring injury and he's gone for another couple of weeks as well it looks more and more likely that matto is going to be included in this squad somewhere so yeah, hoping that uh, they recover and that Matto isn't. But, um, yeah, it's getting more and more likely that he will. I guess that's a word of caution for those who are kind of bringing Madison, you know, a bit earlier to try and get that round 13 cover. It's just kind of a caveat that he might not be there. Like, he's been in pretty good form, yeah. which is good for fantasy teams, but maybe not for his round 13 playing chances. So, um yeah, one to watch there. And I think I'm probably going to make a call closer to round 13 to see what the makeup of this team is. Because I think if he's not playing, he's almost a must-have for that round 13 buy. If he's pumping out a 60-ish score with, you know, Campbell, Gillard and Paula probably in this team or thereabouts as well. Yep. And then we've, uh, you know, got the Eels. So Maddo's back at lock, Hopgood at bench. So we could say that switch again come game day maybe that's the trend that continues we'll have to just wait and see the uh the Dalton Sharks so Ockenbore is dropped to the bench Declan Casey comes in to replace Kiraz on the wing Declan Casey he's pretty cheap 
any interest in him who probably has, you know, at least three, four weeks in this role? What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he came into the Dogs team last year, but I think he played a bit more centre than on the wing. I probably wouldn't be going near him, um, especially on a wing. I think it's a bit too risky. I mean, if you need a cash down option, it's not a bad idea. Kiraz is gone for at least three weeks, but I wouldn't be expecting him to, you know, blow teams out of the water. So, yeah, I mean, fine cash down option if you need someone to go to, but nothing, nothing crazy. He's not going to score anything huge, I don't think. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, mate. He's probably a little bit too risky for me. But, uh, well, speaking of risky, this one guy has caught my attention a little bit, and this is kind of extreme risk play, but Jareem Buller, name of fullback for the West Tigers. They've got, War- they've got uh, Dane Laurie on the bench there. Charlie Staines is at the wing spot. Any any love for him, mate? 230K, just coming to the game. He wasn't in the game when I was looking at the team list last night. And he's, uh, he's come storming in, has played some good New South Wales Cup games this season for, for more reports. What are, your, what are your thoughts, mate? Any, any chance you're considering him? I'm not falling for this one bit. <laughs> there is no way Sheens is going to keep playing this kid when he's got Dane Laurie sitting on the bench. I, I think he's, he's probably going to play a little bit, Buller, but I don't think he's going to play 80 this game. And I look, it's so hard to predict what Sheens is thinking week to week. So I'm just not going to jump on a guy that's 230K and coming from, you know, reserve grade into this team and hoping that he's going to be playing for the next four to five weeks. It's just, it's way too risky. I think that there is a potential that Laurie comes in at 5'8 and Buller can continue playing at fullback, but he would need to show some serious form in this game against Manly. For them to stay, for them, for them to trust him at fullback. So, yeah, I'm not going to jump on him now. If he, you know, has a really good game and his name there again next week, then maybe. But yeah, it's way too risky to jump on him for one week. Yeah, I think I agree with that, mate. And to be fair, I think Tim Sheens knows what he's doing week to week. So it's hard for us to sit here and predict it. But yeah, it's that kind of ultimate risk play. There's part of me that thinks, ah, oh, maybe Tim Sheens, you know, what they're Owen. Oh, and six now, aren't they? Um, no, they got to win. They had the bye last week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank God for the Tigers. Otherwise, my poor old Cowboys uh, would definitely be sitting at the bottom there. They're being awful as well. But there's part of me that thinks, oh, maybe Tim Sheens, maybe he's starting to blood some of these younger dudes. But then he dropped Sean Bloor. So don't really understand what's going on there. It's, yeah, we've seen about... Yeah, how many rounds are there? We're into the round eight. We've seen seven iterations of this Tigers team. Probably would have seen eight if they played that week of the bye. Um, so, yeah, yeah, if you're going to do it, in a sense, it's a low-risk play because he's so cheap. Um, but you're wasting two at trades. At the same time, yeah, he could be yeah, out of the team next week. So Yeah, and just a, just a caveat on Sean Bloor as well. Um, I wouldn't use him as a looping option. We've seen time and time again that he is a late inclusion onto this bench. So, yeah, just be cautious with him. Definitely, yep. Uh, that's one that I've got to look out for as well because I used him last week. But now I've got uh, Isaac Fasul Malawi as well, who's now looking for me after he was dropped. Yeah. Um, which was a shame. But I guess one other thing with the Tigers, mate, I just wanted to ask you quickly about Junior Tupo had a pretty good game before the bye. Punched out a 60-odd. 
Uh, and, you know, tackle busting, line breaks looked pretty good for me and definitely passed the eye test. What are your thoughts on him? He's probably a little bit too high in price now, I think. I think he's around the 400K. So yeah. um, I'm not sure if he's got that much cash to make, but he looked good. Any love for him in like a draft format or even a consideration for, for Classic? Yeah, I think in draft, he's a he's a great option. The problem is that he's already made a decent amount of cash, like you said, in, in classics. So I'd be picking him up in drafts if you can, because he's one that um, long-term, I think he's probably the winger in this Tigers team. Nofaluma is coming back into the team. I think he's recovered from his injury. So um, he had a foot injury of some sort, but I, I'm not sure if he's going to hold this spot um, in the short term, I've, I've got a feeling that Nofaluma might be one of those players that, you know, because he played at the Storm last year, he might be one of those players that leaves and Tupo fills his, his spot long term. But yeah, it's it's going to be one to wait and see. I wouldn't trust it in classic, but in draft, yeah, feel free to pick him up off the off the waivers and, and play him. I, I think his average is about, about 30. He'll probably sit at around 30 unless he gets attacking stats. So that's, yeah, that's his base. Yeah, I think I agree with that, mate. He's probably made his... He does have a low break even, so might tempt a couple of people just because he, he will make a little bit more cash. But yeah, just the risk factor with anyone here in the Tigers team is probably a little bit too much for me. But uh just round out these team lists, mate. So Lolo, Tam Lolo, he's out for the next, I think up to six weeks with a knee injury. Clotter comes in a lock. Hopefully they don't play Granville again at prop. We just uh that was that was a little bit scary to see Granville just the, the speed bump there in the middle, trying to slow down these uh, big boppers at the start of the game. And then we've also got Man starting at lock for the Knights and Ponga at 5'8". KP's back. Hopefully avoids those head knocks and can... Uh, yeah, he's definitely a, an interesting one. If he builds up a little bit of consistencies and, uh, yeah, kind of week to week is is there and thereabouts and avoids these injuries. What are your thoughts on Callum Palmer moving forward, mate? Are you uh, just like a wait and see at the moment? If you had him in drafts, would you be like trading or I guess what's your kind of overall thoughts on him? Yeah, I think if you have him in a draft, you're, you're probably playing him at fullback. You wouldn't be playing him in the halves. He doesn't score that high when he plays at 5'8". Uh, for classic, you, oh, you well, keep trust an eye me, mate. If you, if you lost Adam Dewey as your... As your half, you're uh, you might be considering Kalen Ponga this week in a Champions yeah. League draft format. Yeah, not wrong. That is fair enough. The problem is that him at fullback is much more valuable than him at five eight. Unfortunately, at five eight, he probably only averages in the the low to mid thirties. And coming back from this head knock, I think he's going to be playing a bit more, a bit less aggressive, a bit more reserved. So. I'd imagine that he's going to be one that you keep an eye on. He's got a break-even of 64 this round. So in Classic, I'd definitely be keeping an eye on him because he's already under 500K. And if there ever comes a, a an opportunity for him to move back to fullback or if he starts really performing at 5'8 and hitting his stride, then I'd be jumping on him just because he's so, so cheap. Um, but outside of that, he's just a one to watch in Classic for now and then see how he goes over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. He's obviously got the the donut, the zero in one minute against the Tigers there, and he's rolling average. So there is a possibility he's, you know, closer to that 400K mark in a couple of weeks with uh, with that score and he's rolling average. And, uh, yeah, at that point, he kind of becomes an interesting option, especially I wonder what's going to happen with his fullback spot at the 
for the Maroons there in State of Origin. I yeah. think he'll probably still get it if he's, you know, fit to play. Obviously, it was unreal there last year, but I guess there's, a, there's an option he potentially loses that given how good Reese Walsh has been. So it could be a really interesting kind of option over the draft, over the origin period as well, especially if he's kind of, uh, you know, coming back into form and things like that. But Yeah, you'd think that if even if he loses that fullback spot for Queensland, he'd probably be hanging around the team somewhere, I'd imagine. But uh, yeah, yeah one, to, one to wait and see, because Walsh is just in such good form that it's it's harder and harder for Billy Slater to, to leave him out of the team. So yeah, one to one to watch. What about Kurt Mann, mate? He uh, got 60 minutes on the weekend. I kind of thought he might move into this hooking rotation um, with Jade Braley out, obviously, and Phoenix crossing land there. But now he's starting at lock this week. Tyson Gamble is on the bench. He probably comes in and rotates through the hooker role. So he could play another, you know, 60-ish minutes in a lock position. We've seen last year where he had some good games there as well. 46 tackles on the weekend too, if you don't mind. What are your thoughts, mate, on him? Who, uh, yeah, also uh, plays that round 13 by, so it could be a really useful number there. Yeah, he's at a he's at a pretty good price as well. I think he's a not too bad of an option at the moment. Um, I don't, I just, this happened last year, right? He was a great option to start, but he'd slowly and surely you know, his average dropped down. So I think at the start he was averaging in the, the low to mid fifties. And then, you know, towards round 10 to 15, it started to drop, you know, into the forties and so on. So he should make a decent amount of cash, hopefully over the next couple of weeks. Like I could see him making another 80 to hundred K, but I don't think long-term he's a, he's like a keeper option. He's, he's a mid-priced cashy at this point. I think so. Not as well, mate. One. Yeah. I- yeah. Yeah, not a bad one, to be fair. If he's hitting out, yeah, punching out 60s, I'd probably prefer someone like DeBellin at lock. He's got, I guess, a bit more pedigree, and we've seen man over the last couple of seasons do it in bits and pieces. Yeah. DeBellin could be could kind of have an extended run there. But let's smash the rest of these teams. We're getting distracted. There's too much good stuff to talk about, mate. <laughs> we've got, uh, for Manly, Schuster's back in the halves against the Tigers, which is a really nice matchup for him. Then we've got the Roosters and Dragons. Sam Walker dropped. Kind of a surprise. Kind of came, I guess, that's what happens when you're a, a speed bump and miss too many tackles. Mario comes into fire bait. Momorossi comes in at Stanner. And I think he's probably the one who gets the goal kicking here in his team. Angus yeah. Crichton also back after he played in New South Wales Cup. What are your reactions there, mate, out of the, the team list for the, for the Roosters? Oh, there's some excellent value there in the Roosters, I think. I think this week, though, you're probably not picking any of them up because they've all got break-evens of, like, 60. The the guys like Tedesco and um, Manu, even Kiri, now that he's going to be the sole half, he'll be doing a lot of the kicking. He becomes a, a really good option as well, and his break-even, I think, is close to 50 this week. So all these guys are ones to watch this week and then see how they perform, and if the same team is named next week, you're, you're picking them up pretty much, um, especially... You know, Teddy under 600K, Manu playing in, in the halves and around the ball a lot more often becomes a huge center center pod, especially because he's dropped about 120, 130K since the start of the season. And yeah, Kiri down close to 500K. He's been a, a gun half in the past and could be again with Walker out. Yeah, I like that shot, mate. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of value definitely there with 
with the Roosters. And that's, I guess, transition into kind of our buys. So you mentioned there Joey Manu. He's obviously got a pretty good average there. You can sort on the NRLFantasy.com uh, or NRL Fantasy Stats website there about his average when he's in the halves. And it's, yeah, pretty good, mate. It's And he's, he's dropped a lot of cash, as you were saying. I guess I wanted to, yeah, get your thoughts on if you're running – I think a lot of people at the moment are running like uh, Alamotti and maybe a Jack Bird or a Connolly Lamello or a Hammer. Do you think it's worth going up to try and get someone like a Joe Marner, who's obviously going to be pretty handy by coverage and won't play Origin? We've seen in the past where he gets uh, you know a nice uptick of scores when Tedesco's out over Origin potentially and becomes a real focal point for their team over this period. Do you think it's still too early to to jump on Joey Manu at this point, or is he a buy for you? I think you can jump on him this week. The problem is he's got a break even of 64. Like, it's definitely more worth waiting a week to see how he performs. Like, he could score another maybe, you know, 30 or 40 this week and drop another 20, 30K and then be sub 600K next week and, and an easier buy in your team compared to this week. So I think it's probably worth giving them all one one more week, these Roosters players, just to see how it goes in this new structure. But yeah, I could see them, you know, really taking the sword to St. George this week, um, especially with Manu around the ball a bit more. Could be Teddy's bounce back game as well. One to wait and see. That is exactly what I was thinking, mate. That matchup against the the Dragons, a few of these guys like the Bellin playing 80 through the middle, potentially some tired forwards there. It's see yeah. Manu have an absolute field day with tackle breaks. And is this a game where the Roosters finally crack back into form? Yeah, it is a wait and see, as you said. But I don't mind bringing Manu in this week, I think. I'm really considering it. Yeah. That break even of 64, he could easily hit that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised, surprised if he comes out and scores an 80 this week. Like <laughs> To be honest, he, he <laughs> definitely can do that. And, you know, Pod as well around that 7.8% ownership, I would imagine there's a few ghost teams that started with him as well, which have probably bumped those numbers up. I doubt many people in the top, like, 5,000 have him. So it could be a really nice point of difference. And I guess, lastly, mate, just with with Teddy, I think he's kind of a tricky one because we know he's going to be in this Origin team. How many Origin players are you willing to kind of hold over this period? So... There's a lot of people running with, like, you know, Cam Murray, Nathan Cleary, Draboyevich, potentially, like, Latrell. Nico Hines has been saying things about he hates Queensland recently in the media. So, surely he gets a spot now in the New South Wales jersey. Yeah, especially with White now. Um, he's probably a lock for that 14 jersey, right, Hines, if he doesn't get 5'8". Yeah, I think so. Or I wonder if they'll go with Burton as well. Yeah. Um, but I think they might lean him or if he's not in the 14 i think pretty good shot he gets that six role he hates i wonder who hates queensland more nico hines or jerome lua i think they should give whoever hates some more <laughs> give them the jersey and i will say too nico hair nico's hair is probably wetter than jerome's is like his may be longer and gets held up in tackles more but nico's is wetter so that must be kind of some points for him yeah it has to be uh, but I guess, yeah, on a serious note, man, how many of these guys are you willing to hold through this origin period? We obviously, I want to waste our trades and be trading guys out like Cleary who are 
going to come back in eventually. But yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts there? I probably wouldn't be running with more than six in my team coming into coming into Origin. I think though, if you can get Tedesco at the right value, I think you still get him. Like you know, he's going to be an absolute gun. He might not back up from Origin, but you know, post Origin, he will be absolutely killing it. So I think if you can get them for the right value, some of these Origin players, you just pull the trigger and get them when you can. But yeah, I think you don't want to be running too many because you really need to have the numbers throughout Origin. And I think for round, I can't remember the actual rounds, round 13, 17, um, you have, you only get your top 13. So you can't really have eight or more because you won't be able to field a team then. So yeah, I think you're probably running a max of six at the moment. I know I've got what, five in my team and that's if Heinz plays. So yeah, I think you don't want to be running with more than six. I'd say that's a good number to aim around. No, but yeah, and you're just to clarify for listeners what you were saying about the top 13 for those those buy rounds. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, so for the Origin buy rounds, you get your starting 13 and you won't be getting your, your bench players. So you want to be filling at least your starting 13, which means you have to have mid and fullback cover are the big ones that you really need cover for because most people won't be able to, you know, won't have three mids in their team to to cover especially if you have guys like Payne Haas and Cam Murray in your team that means you have to have two two mid players to cover for both of them when they go for origin so um yeah having a top 13 that aren't origin players is what you want to aim for I guess just kind of going off that mate so how would it work if you are playing a Payne Haas and you've got let's say you know You've got three centers in your team. You can only play two of them, obviously. You put one center as your first interchange. Will that score count as the paint half score if you're missing someone in the mid, or are you just copying a zero if paint half is there? Yeah, you're copying a big old zero for that. You need to have your position. Yeah, you need to have a position fill in for Haas. So if yeah, so for those rounds that you only get your top 13, they have to fill those positions. So um you can't just have an extra center and assume that they're gonna fill in for for Haas or a Cam Murray in your, your mids or even a Cleary in your halves, they have to be position for position to fill in for those those players. That's really good to know. And not only are you educating, you know, the community, you're educating me. I didn't know that. So good to know. <laughs> uh, that's really interesting and potentially see yeah, some really important strategy there for the 13 buy, not just about getting, you know, like, in previous rounds, you're just trying to get as many numbers on the park, but you're kind of limited with 13 here. So you want to make sure you're not just getting like 13, you know, gap fillers, but 13, you know, solid scorers to hopefully get you a jump in the rankings there. Yeah. Any other buyers, mate, that you think we've missed that you want to talk about here? Do we haven't covered through the I mean, you covered off most of them. Yeah, I think Cotter is a not too bad of a buy with Tamalolo out for four to six. He should, um, you should see his scores jump closer to the mid 50s, closer to 60. He'll be playing close to 80 in the middle of the park. So expect him to score like he did last year when Lolo was out. But outside of that, there's not a ton of great buys. We said Crossland was a buy last week. So if you did pick him up last week, good job. But I think, yeah, going forward, Crossland, he scored a try for a 49 on the weekend. He's probably going to be averaging around the 40 to 45 mark going forward and probably has another 100K to make. So he's not a bad buy, but nothing spectacular. There isn't really a lot of spectacular cheap buys this week, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. It's, yeah, it's hard. There's probably, yeah, a couple of guys that, yeah, you could buy this week, but I don't think there's anyone like a must buy, like we've seen with a Hosking or a, 
pressing over the last, you know, couple of months where you're like, oh, you got to get this guy in this week. It's kind of a bit more squad dependent and, you know, seeing where you can make upgrades, whether it's in your centers or whether you could get someone like, I guess actually one I want to touch on quickly is, is Jacob Host. What are your thoughts on him, mate? Because he's seemingly got this edge role now for the next couple of, well, probably at least two months, you'd assume, or six weeks, however long Colin Matungi is out for. He's under undervalued and he's going to kind of be a slow burn, I think. But he could be similar to this kind of Jackson Ford where he's getting solid scores for you and then has the option to go 50-plus with, you know, a try and some attacking stats. Any, any love for him, mate? Yeah, not a bad option. He's going to be another guy that's just going to plot along. He'll, you know, average 40, make a bit of cash, nothing crazy, probably get up to about, you know, 450, 500K. But yeah, I don't see him, you know, going crazy. Like you said, he scored a try and only got 47 in nearly 80 minutes. So I don't think he's going to be a huge scorer, but he's got to plot along, get your 40s, and you'd be pretty happy with that, especially with um, some of the other players that have been letting us down. Like Couchman, like Nicarima, you know, those kind of cheapies over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I don't mind host at all. Yeah, breaking into five this week, so he's going to go up. He's probably my favorite under 400k PP, I would say. And then I guess one other one who's got a low break even, negative four, in fact, Tom Ale from the Warriors. Any any love for him, mate? Yeah, I think Ale's a bit of a risk at the moment because he's kind of, he's been playing more minutes while Harris has been playing limited minutes. So I could see a scenario where Harris gets goes back to playing 80 and then Arle's minutes drop back to the, you know, 15, 20 minute mark. But yeah, he's another guy that he's got a low break even. Even if he gets 10 to 15 minutes and, you know, 20 odd scores, he's still going to make a bit of cash. So yeah, not a terrible option either. I'd prefer Jacob Host though over, over Arle. Okay, great. Any other holds you want to... Highlight to the listeners here, mate. We've talked a bit about guys like Eli Katoa, who we've uh, we've got there, and um, how long do you have? The... There's that yeah. many holds. <laughs> I guess we've got this the was... coming out. Yeah, this week was it was so bad. I think most most players that you have are a hold. Um, yeah, like you said, Katoa, Miller, um, Chans, he's a hold. Your Grants, Jackson Ford, those guys, they're all holds. Um, Joe Tarpany, he's one that probably people are a bit skeptical on the fact that he's on a bye this week and his minutes are pretty rough and his score this week was pretty dismal. Um, he's a hold as well for me, Joe Tarpany. He'll be fine. He'll bounce back and he's going to be covering origin. So yeah, I wouldn't be getting rid of him. I like that, mate. Agree with that. And what about the cells, mate? You were talking about how Warbrick was potentially a sell last week. Hit his break even, made a little bit more, and looks like he's due for another couple of price rises. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? And I guess any other immediate sells except for these guys, obviously, who have been injured in the last week or so. Yeah, I'd say Warbrick is a is a hold. Um, he he hit his break even. It's back to twenty two, I think, this week. So he should be able to hit that as long as he doesn't have a, a single digit score. And yeah, I think I'd be looking to sell him in the next week or two. Um, especially now that he's nearly tipped over 400k. Uh, other sells, I mean, Bryce Cartwright, just with the the merry-go-round that is Parramatta's forward pack, I'd be Party party at, is being cancelled. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's um it's come to an end. It was a good party while it lasted, but yeah, he's um he's on the way out. Uh, same he's with Hayes Perriman. Not a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 
Um, Hayes Perham as well is another one that I'd be looking to to sell this week. Made made his cash, um, had his down score, and now he's one to to move on. Yeah, mate, that's probably they're probably my big ones. I'd say Cartwright and Perham are my two big sells, but there's not a lot because like this round was a bit odd, right? There's like a lot of low scores, but not a lot of players you want to be selling from those scores. So I'd probably be just holding with most of them. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably something that we should highlight as well. Just it was a shit fight this round. Like <laughs> everyone, it seems there wasn't many people going over the, you know, 850, 900s. A lot of 30s in there. I, I think I messaged you on like Saturday night. I was like, Daniel, I've got six 30s in my team already. I don't know how this has happened. Guys like yeah, Grant, Robson, who've, you know, had the worst game that they had all season. These guys are going to bounce back. I think it was just a bit of a weird week. So I think that's probably just important to keep in mind. Just don't, like, swing the axe too hard. <laughs> um, and especially if I think there's definitely some strategy as far as holding your trades. If you made three last week, I only made one last week. So I'm trying to, with 25 at the moment, trying to just kind of hold them for this origin period. And then the run home as well, where we can kind of make up some ground on folks potentially. So I think if your team doesn't have any massive holes, it's not a bad option to, you know, maybe make one or two and save one or something like that, just so you're not burning through as many of them because they're going to run out eventually. But yeah, I think that's pretty much covered it. Anything else you want to say before we maybe move into some some fan questions? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Let's Let's get straight into some questions. So if you if you want to send through any questions, head over to our Instagram page at Footy Brains Pod. Uh, there you can um, send us through your questions. We put up a story every week before we record the podcast, so feel free to send them there. Uh, first question, question from David: Would you go Arrow, Gilbert, or TPJ? Can only buy one. Oh, that's pretty tough. Arrow, Gilbert, or TPJ? TPJ, I think, is the easiest one to say no to he's <laughs> been burned before i am not going back to that well just yet need a bit more consistency with him jay arrow was unreal on the weekend and i think that he's because he's playing in the middle and they resisted the temptation of putting him back on the edge even with the column of tongue injury i really like him as a buy and we've seen in recent years when he has those yeah 50 60 minutes in the middle he can pump out base stats for fun I like Jai Arrow out of those options, I think, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. What are your thoughts on Tommy Talao if you haven't sold him yet? Uh, I think now you may as well hold him. Like, he's on the extended bench. Uh, but he could potentially, like... We're trying to figure this out at the start of the season, what the lowest the player can go. But I think he's going <laughs> to hit that mark because he's still got a pretty high break even and he's going to be playing off the bench. So... Look, it's not looking good for him, but we've seen with this Tigers team, he could be back in the, the centre spot or, or somewhere there. He could be a fullback next week. We just don't know. So at this point, if you've held him, may as well keep holding and hope he breaks into this team. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He's at pretty much basement. You know who is at basement? The the um, hooker that's on the bench for the Dolphins, Kurt Donahue. Uh, his average is nine. He is at 220K, so he is basement price, and his break-even is 65. So uh, hopefully he makes a bit of cash soon. <laughs> oh, rough if you have him, for sure. 10% of people do, so that is uh, 
That is painful. That is rough because, yeah, he hasn't looked that bad um, eye test, but Jerry Marshall King's been playing unreal. So pretty hard for him to break into this this team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, question from Sam. Uh, is Sammy Walker to Bird a good trade and what to do with Reynolds and Carrigan? Uh, first question, I think yes. I think Jack Bird's a pretty solid buy. I still like him at Tyra. I think he could be a top averaging centre by the year. I was a little bit hesitant. Still, I'm a little bit hesitant with him, but yeah, if you're willing to go for him, I like if you, yeah, kind of like a gut call, I guess. I don't mind it. He's going to play the buy as well, so it could be one that we're all kind of scrambling to get just before the buy if he keeps up his good form. And then Carrigan and Reynolds, I think at this point you're just holding. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I guess I got to double check about Adam Reynolds and how he's going, but uh, do you agree with that, mate? Yeah, I think Reynolds is a hold. Carrigan is one that I offloaded two or three weeks ago now when I noticed that he was starting to to do a little bit less tackling in the middle and more more passing, less running and tackling. So um, he, yeah, he's a tricky one because you know he's going to play at Origin and his scores leading up to Origin haven't been all that crash hot either. If you can somehow get him up to Haas, that is the ideal scenario. But, yeah, I think um, Paddy Carrigan's one that I'd be a bit worried about if I have him. I'd probably be looking to move him on to a cheaper player that's going to make a bit of cash, unfortunately. it's He's in a rough spot because you know he can score well. He just hasn't been able to perform over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, one to, one to look to trade and go to a player that will make you a bit more cash. Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, just this. The last three weeks, especially being pretty average, hasn't cracked the 50 mark. So, yeah, I can understand why people are, hold, are getting rid of him, especially, yeah, Origin coming up, as you're saying. I guess one more man, then we might close it out. Yeah, righto. Last question then. Um, question from Harry. Is Valentine Holmes a sell? Oh, yeah. This is a tricky one because he obviously yeah, had a pretty average score last week. He's pretty high owned as well. I don't mind going like a Val to Manu if he could, but at the same time, he plays the Knights this week. He could have a nice bounce back. He had a pretty good score two weeks ago when he got that try. I think I'm holding him at this stage, mate. If he's the biggest problem in your team, I'd maybe consider it. But yeah, I think he's he's fine to hold and just hope for some attacking stats here. And hopefully the Cowboys can do something. That would also be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's he's he's been the benefactor. Well, not benefactor. He's obviously um, been influenced by the fact that Cowboys have just had a shocking run of form to start the season. So um, once they bounce back, though, the fact that he's still averaging, you know, low 40s, if they have a good run of form, Holmes will be the main benefactor of that. So, yeah, I think Holmes is fine to hold. But I do like that uh, that cheeky Manu call, trading Holmes to Manu. Because Manu, is, if he keeps playing 5'8", he should average, you know, close to 50. So, yeah, don't don't mind that at all. It's just whether you depend the cows are going to... It depends if the cows are going to actually, you know, come out of this slump. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I wouldn't put my life on it. That's for sure. They've been pretty average. They do play the Dragons and the Tigers in the next you know, four or five rounds as well. They also play the Roosters in that two and the Sharks. So, look, I think if you've held him this long, you may as well keep riding the roller coaster. Hope he, uh, yeah, then when he gets a try and things like that, if the Cowboys can start putting some points on and gets those goal kicks, 
but yeah, definitely I could understand why people are off him and Origin coming up as well. I think that'll do us today, mate. Cheers as always. And we'll, uh, you know, we've got some buy, hold, sell. We've got some other bits and pieces coming out in the next couple of days. Cheers to everyone for listening. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck and we'll see you next week.